So what do you do? What? I said, what do you do? I, I don't know. You don't know what you do? No. <laughs> oh, come on. You're very tense. <laughs> coffee. Too much coffee. Okay, you should take off those pants now. I'll work the hamstring. Oh, the hamstring's fine. <laughs> but you wrote that it was tender. I wrote. I wrote. <laughs> I'll check it out. You sure? Yeah, take them off. How did you hurt this? I don't know. You don't know? No. But you just told me. Korea. You heard it in Korea? What? The hamstring. Korea. How? Hamstring. How did you hurt the hamstring? Hotel. Welcome to the premiere, the season three premiere of Talking Seinfeld here on the Four Finger Discount Network. We're here to do an episode called The Note. I am Dando. I am Guy. It's, uh, this was the first episode of Seinfeld I've watched since its transition to Netflix. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I think they've done a, I think they put in the hours to gussy it up, try to make it look as sharp as you can make a sitcom in the early 90s look. I think I, I think I prefer sort of watching older versions of the uh, of the episodes, if you know what I mean. One where you can actually ones that look like the nineties, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to a twenty twenties version of the nineties. Well, Seinfeld feels like a very nineties show, so I think I can understand yeah. that. As same as with the, the old school Simpsons, it just felt weird when they first went on Disney Plus, seen them in widescreen, they cropped because it was like that's that's just doesn't feel nineties. Absolutely, know? yeah. I mean, we Dan and I just finished talking about well, we've recorded a few episodes back to back, and we've done one from season 14 but then we did one from season 27 and yeah the the difference in crispness of the image and all that kind of stuff it's like, oh wow okay yeah we have moved ahead in leaps and bounds haven't we <laughs> but enough about that more about this particular well, just, episode just get, into, just get into just get into netflix before we move on so oh. obviously seinfeld's just started on netflix and there's been a lot of people complaining that it's in widescreen but the thing is it's been on it's been like this for a long time it's been in hd on tv in america it's been on Stan here in Australia for a while, but okay. I wanted to also applaud how maybe the servers are just better on Netflix. I guess they would be Netflix compared to Stan. Stan is like the Australian streaming service. Yeah, but I just think it looks it looks so crisp and clear. And I, I was watching it with Nicola, and I thought I can't believe I've never seen Seinfeld this crisp before. I used to have the DVDs. I used to think the DVDs were so clear, but mm. it genuinely looks HD. I, I, some of the outdoor scenes and whatnot just look fantastic. It's really good. Okay. I, I think Seinfeld's done a fantastic job. I remember people complaining that it's been cropped and all that kind of stuff, but I don't mind. Mm. You know, it, it, it fills my TV, but I do understand why some people would want to watch it with the the up the is it four three the, yes, or the sixteen yeah. or the sixteen nine. No, sixteen nine is the widescreen, isn't it? Four three is the Four three, I think, is is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, it does feel nostalgic to watch it like that, but I still don't mind watching it with the full screen. Cause I've got the big screen TV in the lounge room, so it's like sometimes I watch things that are the square, and it's like so much wasted space here. <laughs> <laughs> I bought this big TV. Let's use all of it. Let's use yeah. all this real estate. Now, speaking of really good, this mm-hmm. episode, yeah, really good. This felt to me. I know we've use this phrase a bit when we've been when we've been talking Seinfeld on talking Seinfeld, but this felt really Seinfeldy. It was a great way to kick off the season and obviously Absolutely. they've now gone with the format of incorporating all the stories to intertwine with each other somehow. Mm. It doesn't necessarily mean that one thing has to lead to another, but they still intertwine the stories really, really well. And I just think everyone played a role here. Uh, you know, you had Kramer with the Joe DiMaggio aspect, <laughs> which is a very iconic story. You had, you know, Jerry and his friend uh, Roy, what was he? He's a dentist. He's a dentist, Giving yeah. the notes for, for George and, and Elaine and whatnot. I just think it was a very a very George episode, this one. George did seem to be the focus, didn't he? He seemed to be yeah. the, uh, what everyone was revolving around, more or less, even though it started with Jerry. But uh, it felt like, oh, this is the episode where it moves for George. <laughs> I think that's what you're going to remember out of this. I can understand why some viewers watch this and go, oh, it's all about homophobia. But I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Homosexuality isn't the butt of the joke here. It's the character's overreaction that's the butt of the joke. Like the way George reacts to it. As Joe tries to explain to him, who cares if it moved? Don't worry about it. George 
making it a big deal. That's the joke. But I can guarantee, because I've got, I, okay, I just want to start off this season with a bit of a rant, right? Not a big rant, but just, Go ahead. I work with younger people at my, in my office. There's some younger people, right? Some of them are mm-hmm. in their early 20s, 21, 22. I'm currently 33. And we were wondering, what can we put on TV at work the other day in the background? I said, let's just check Seinfeld on. And one of them goes, oh, Seinfeld is the worst show of all time. And I went, what? why is it the worst okay. show of all time? <laughs> oh, people who like Seinfeld are the worst. It's so homophobic. And I went, what, what do you mean? Oh, they're always making fun of gay. Like the, the oh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, come on, guys. I was like, what? Like, what, what, yeah. what that's, they're not making fun of homosexuals. But this kid hadn't even really watched Seinfeld. He just read about it and he just based an opinion on it because of that. Yeah. But what got me the best was he goes, I don't watch shows that were created purely to appeal to the masses. And I went, Seinfeld was fucking anything but appealing to the masses when it started, buddy. There was yeah. nothing like it. It was the complete opposite. And I said, well, what do you like then? He goes, I prefer shows that go against the norm like Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> And I went, you know who Larry David is, right? He goes, yeah, he's the guy from Curb. I'm like, he created Seinfeld, you dickhead. <laughs> God, I wish you'd filmed that. Oh, my God. Just I a- couldn't I couldn't believe it. To use the parlance of today's youth, actually, no, this is probably like a more older millennial kind of thing. That is a classic self-own. <laughs> it was the best. I was like, so you hate Seinfeld because it appeals to the masses. But he likes Kirby enthusiasm. <laughs> also, but that's, that's also a very, and this is me shaking my fist at the cloud now, it's a very early 20s thing to do or a very youthful thing to do where it's like... Based an opinion around a hashtag, what's trending? <laughs> or just like, I know you'd like stuff that appeals to the masses, but I'm not part of the masses. Yeah, it's like, you are. <laughs> you really are. You, you kind of are. And <laughs> look... There's a lot of good stuff that's made for the masses and there's a lot of shit that appeals to a very small niche. So, you know, I mean... And sometimes what, it's good being part of the mass. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love What's wrong with the mass? <laughs> mass! <laughs> I just love that they hated Seinfeld, loved Curb. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand Seinfeld. I wish it was more like Curb. <laughs> like, Curb is the sequel to Seinfeld. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I was that just like, is, that I'm is going to take that down. I'm going to mention that on the first episode of season three of Talking Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. The note was just a really, really fun story. Um, you know, it started to incorporate real life stars like Joe DiMaggio and things like that into the story. Um, I did notice here that we've got the scat theme. And there's a bit of a story here. So Larry David and Jerry wanted to incorporate women in the background of the theme song going, and like saying, saying things right. Mm. I didn't like it at all. Apparently, they were big fans of it, and they did for the, for three episodes, and they didn't tell NBC. And NBC were like, um, you didn't run that by us, so let's <laughs> let's scrap that, guys. And I'm glad they did, because the Seinfeld theme works fine as just music. It doesn't need the, the singing in the background. It took me out of it a bit. I was not a fan. <laughs> no, it, it, it sounded weird. It just it wasn't right. Yeah, Maybe if they did it for the entire run of the show, it would just feel normal, but it just felt so, whoa, what was that? Okay, so yeah, I'm glad they, I, I didn't, I didn't, appreciate it but it was also the first episode to feature the new Seinfeld logo so it wasn't just oh. the, 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 the just wasn't just the words Seinfeld it was the proper Seinfeld logo the logo oh okay that we've, that we've come to know now as the show having yes nothing says 90s like the Seinfeld logo <laughs> for sure so Joe DiMaggio appears in this one I just mentioned uh, well it doesn't appear they wanted him to appear and he turned it down which his family were disappointed by but he just thought that if he did this every time he goes into a coffee shop he would be this would be brought up and yeah. let's be honest it would have happened. <laughs> it really would have. I mean, Joe DiMaggio, one of the great American baseball players, yeah. ex-husband of Marilyn Monroe, that's a few good things to have on the board. But yeah, at, at that stage of the proceedings, he probably would have been, you're the Dinky Donuts Duncan guy. Yeah, yeah. And every time he, because apparently he was a dunker. So every time he would have dunked a donut, everyone would be like, oh, he's dunking. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, yeah, I have to diverge from Kramer's opinion. on. I think it's Kramer who says it. Joe DiMaggio, not exactly a fuggo, but not a handsome man. <laughs> I mean, you look at the pictures with him and him and Marilyn, it's like, someone's punching above their weight. <laughs> Probably, I, I can't recall seeing him in his youth. Let's have a look. Do Joe a Google. DiMaggio. Do a Google. I mean, he's, I wouldn't call him ugly, but I wouldn't call him handsome. Uh, he's, he's not, yeah, he's not your overly handsome man, but he's, no. he's pretty good looking. He's yeah. fine. Let's, I, I don't, if he wasn't Jolton Joe... 
I don't think Marilyn's handing over her phone number. <laughs> hey, but man, having said that, cr- credit you know, him. Marilyn was also married to uh, the playwright Arthur Miller, who we recently uh, saw on an episode of The Simpsons that we talked well, about really? on okay. the Four Finger Discount podcast. And also JFK. No, no, not JFK. Oh, certainly JFK <laughs> and probably RFK as well. Uh, anyway. Marilyn got around and good on her. Well, yeah, good on her. Yes. <laughs> But uh, he was a dunker, as I said. His favourite kind of uh, thing to dunk was a I don't dunk was a plain pound cake toasted on a grill on one side only. Apparently, wow. Okay, Joe. <laughs> Joe knows what he wants. And I've got it's, this is taken from the from the the wiki page. So Joe was a dunker <laughs> who dunked with his right hand, not his left, as portrayed in this episode. So they made a, a mistake there. Oh. Um, but he would always order a half a cup of decaf with a side of hot water and would meticulously mix the two, just like a chemist. Joe's a very specific person. He is, yeah, yeah. Apparently so. so I'm just, um, I'm just here with a cup of instant coffee, Coles organic instant coffee. <laughs> Thank you to our friends at Coles. <laughs> so, but what, what did you think of the whole uh, it moved aspect to this story? I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as you pointed out, it's George's overreaction is the George's joke. overreaction is the joke. I mean, look, for a lot of people, their sexual orientation is not necessarily pivotal to their identity but it's certainly part of their identity and to have that called into question unconsciously by you know like wait a minute i thought i'd like this and wait a minute what if i actually like that that's going to sort of you know it's going to throw your equilibrium off a little which is you know a pretty good gag and jason alexander really plays that to the hilt of course it's short it's the overreaction that is funny and uh, not even just when he's being massaged although you know, Raymond sort of getting into the hamstrings, the way it's shot, the way it's angled, it does look very kind of intimate, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. sexual. Only a couple of inches away from it. But what they do here, <laughs> well, a, a good scene was when Roy points out Holyfield, right? He says, great body, right? Great body. And George is like, oh, what, what do you think? I've, what do you think? I would think he's got a great body. That's showing that it's okay for a man to appreciate another man's body. Absolutely. They're not I mean, saying homosexuality is bad. They're saying, hey, look, you can... You, you can also appreciate the male form and not be homosexual. It's okay. And also, your physiology kind of has a mind of its own sometimes. I mean, friction is friction, and it's probably going to affect you in, in ways that you uh, may not expect or, or anticipate. That is a good one, Stu. Yeah. One of my favourites. So what was your favourite moment from the note, Mr. Davis? Look, I, it's a real... It's a very Kramer thing, and it's probably one of the most pivotal Kramer things in the whole run of the show. Yeah. Him bursting and saying, hey, I just saw Joe DiMaggio dinky donuts. (laughs) (laughs) It's such an out-of-left-field line. It's perfectly delivered. (laughs) And it's not even like a, a story plot. It's something that anybody could say. Yeah. It's just, it's just a topic of conversation. I just, saw, I just saw someone famous, you know? It's a show about nothing. Yeah. I just saw someone famous doing what we we attribute as non-famous things. Yeah. Just, he's like us. I don't know, but if you sort of break it down to its single components, it's just it's very musical. <laughs> I just saw Joe DiMaggio at Dinky Donuts. Dinky <laughs> Donuts really sells that as far as yeah. I'm concerned. I love it. I thought that was just hilarious. Uh, but also Jerry's opening stand-up bit for this episode struck me as very Seinfeldian as well. Oh, the I mean, doctors are the best. That's very true, isn't it? You do oh, say yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, tell, tell them you know me. Yeah. Like, I'll get, I'll get no souls. Oh, you get the real man. Everyone else, <laughs> Jerry's delivery. Everyone else would be getting Tic Tacs. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a good line. Very Jerry. And it shows why Jerry Seinfeld is Jerry Seinfeld. Just that delivery line. Everyone else is getting Tic Tacs. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of mean, a bit cynical, but not, you know, so dark. It's like, oh, God, this guy's angry. But it's like, I don't know, I really, really love that bit. So, yeah, they're, they're two of my favourites from this episode. What I loved about it was that I asked a guy on Friday last week, I said, we're going out for pizza tonight. Do you know any good pizza places around here? And he goes, Cariah Pizza. They're the best. And he literally said, tell me no me. <laughs> it's, just, it's literally everything Jerry said here. It was so great. I remember I've, I've used lines like that when I've been writing, like, my – like columns in the past like tell mm. them guy sent you and they'll look at you blankly <laughs> <laughs> anytime i recommend it something like tell them guy sent you what who yeah exactly i really enjoyed kramer's joe story where he's trying to get his attention bang in the desk <laughs> that was very kramer as well <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh what do you just say his name <laughs> <laughs> or just, just go that- up like a human being and you know just 
sorry to bother you, but you're Joe DiMaggio. I couldn't let it pass without just saying congratulations on being you, all that kind of shit, or whatever. Have you ever had that when you've sort of encountered a famous person and you realise they probably want to be left alone? I'm not going to be, I'm going to try not to be a total pest, but I've got to acknowledge, I've just got to, you know, go and give some kind of, pay some form of tribute. I remember seeing Gary Ablett Sr. when I was about nine at Movie World in Queensland. Ah. I was like, that's the greatest player of all time. (laughs) 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 I had like number five on my jumper, even though he wasn't even playing anymore. I had like number five on my jumper still. And I remember my dad was like, don't go near it. I was like, I didn't even think about it. I was like, I have to go up to this guy. I remember just going up to him and saying, you're my favorite. I remember going, God bless you, my child. (laughs) And I was just like, Oh, God just blessed me. You got the blessing <laughs> from G.O.D. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, it was, it was, he was super nice. He was just like, oh, God bless you, my child. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I think I've told the story about how when I was in the London department store when I was a very little kid, I saw Alec Guinness, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Kenobi. What the fuck? Yeah, I've, I've told you that story. Have you? Yeah, yeah. It feels like something I wouldn't forget. <laughs> you met Ob- oh wait no, I didn't and he didn't want to be he didn't want to be bothered is that right I even then because I was a bit of a Star Wars nerd and I was always reading and stuff and like I, Alec Guinness gave a really good performance but I don't think he really liked being in Star Wars all yeah, that yeah. much and he didn't like people coming up and saying uh, may the force be with you uh, Sir Alec like, he just liked that residual money at which point he'd be going go away <laughs> doing the Jedi mantra go away I am not Alec Guinness <laughs> <laughs> so um, I saw him I thought gonna let him be and let it slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he, he, he definitely does come across like someone who did what he did, helped the show, helped the movie become what it became. You know, yeah, gave it the gave it the street cred, but just leave him be. I feel like uh, Harrison Ford is also like that as well. I get the feeling he was. Yeah, uh, but a few years ago, maybe about oh, coming up on ten years ago now, I guess the actor Clive Owen, yep, uh, from Children of Men and a bunch of other mm-hmm. good stuff. He was in Melbourne making a movie. And I was at uh, some hotel coffee shop or whatever, and he was sitting like two tables across talking to someone else. And I'm like, that's a dude from Children of Men. Awesome movie. Did, did you spend like five minutes just making sure it definitely was Clive Owen before you went over there? <laughs> well, that's the thing. And all due respect to Clive Owen, he's like, you look a bit smaller than Clive Owen. And is that a bald spot on the back of your head, dude? <laughs> and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But then I had a look and it's like, that's definitely Clive Owen. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm feeling like um, the guys in Night at the Roxbury. Emilio! <laughs> uh, but no, I just realised, can't let this opportunity pass, but I'm not going to be the kind of guy, well, you're Clive Owen, you square. So I just went over and just did very quickly. Sorry to bother you, just want to say Children Men is an awesome movie. <laughs> and have a good day. <laughs> and I think he was like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> But I think when you have opportunities like that, first of all, you've got to, you know, you've got to judge, does this person want to be bothered, even if you're going to be saying something nice about them? And also, how much would you regret it if you never said anything? That's true. Also, how much will you regret it if they tell you not to bother them? That's true. Yeah. It's a, it's a fine line to walk. Yeah. Don't think I've ever had a celebrity tell me to fuck off or anything like that. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So, you met Clive Owen. Good story. Cool story, guy. Good times. <laughs> Could you spell that, please? No. Next question. Trivia for the note. You kick off, Mr. Davis. You already um, messed with one of my questions, so now I'm down to two. I knew Holyfield was going to be one of your questions. Holyfield was one of my questions. Okay. What is the name of the masseuse who takes care of both Jerry and Elaine? That's Juliana. That's one of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> so we're even now. Okay, then. <laughs> Uh, well, you ask me a question then. What does George wish wasn't in his Chinese food? Ginger. Doesn't ginger. like ginger. Yeah, ginger. If you overdo the ginger, yes, I can understand that. I don't think I put ginger in anything that really? I like. Not in a nice stir fry? Nah, I am just all about the garlic. Garlic and onion. I'm very much I'm very much about the, the holy the holy trinity. Ginger, garlic, and chili. Okay. You put it in a good laksa. That's a that's the way to go. In pre-COVID times, when I felt like I was getting a cold, now now when I feel like I'm getting a cold, I'm like, oh, no, I've got to hibernate. But you, back in the days when a cold was a cold. <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> um, I would like, okay, I've got a cold coming or a man flu or whatever. Time to zip down to the supermarket real quickly. No mask. Um, pick up ingredients for like a beautiful laksa. 
wipe your nose before you touch the door handle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, make a beautiful laksa and just front load it with a whole heap of garlic, chili, and ginger. And that's like the natural cure, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Does it work? Yeah, I'd usually be I'd be in bed for maybe a day or two as opposed to three or four. Man, I wish I could just go to bed for a day. Wish I could just go to a bed, having something in bed for a year. <laughs> Those were the, the days. days. <laughs> you're sounding like you're sounding like George. Why can't I sleep in a bed? <laughs> I deserve a bed. <laughs> your next question. Or your yours gone now? I think it was mine. Now I got I've got one more. Okay, one more. Hit me. Where did Elaine get her note from? Oh, her gynecologist. Correct. Yes. And my final question is a very, very easy one. What was the final punishment for Roy? Oh, uh, six months suspension. Six months probation, correct. Probation. Now, Roy, Roy was actually originally named Lloyd, which is why the actor who plays uh, Roy in this, forget yes. me, I'll see if he's on the wiki page. The actor who plays Roy is Ralph Brunet. Bruno. Mm-hmm. He uh, was credited as Lloyd in the uh, credits because they forgot to change it over. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So you would have been going, as Lloyd? What? Yeah, very confused. <laughs> also, Billy, Juliana's son, was played by Jerry Seinfeld's real-life nephew. Let's let's get to it while we're mentioning Billy, because I don't think he rape mentioned or mentioned otherwise. That kid really loved running. When he got he, the opportunity to, to scoot down the uh, down the hallway, he really went for it. Yeah. <laughs> run, Billy! Lock the door! <laughs> and he was just like, do I get to run? Go! Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so that is trivia for the notes. We'll be right back after this short break with our full in-depth review. If you feel like having yourself a time, then check out our new podcast, Going Down to South Park, where we go back and revisit every episode of the iconic series, dissecting the stories, reveling in chef sing-alongs, and chuckling at the occasional fart joke. Going Down to South Park is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She is literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The original air date of the note was September 18th, 1991. It was written by Larry David, directed by Tom Sharones, and it kicks off with some stand-up, as we were discussing earlier, with the Doctor and how they're the best. You, know, it's, <laughs> you never hear him say, oh, they're the worst. But that's the case, isn't it? I mean, the law of averages would indicate that maybe somewhere along the line, you're going to get the Doctor who graduated bottom of their class. Even Maybe even a Doctor who graduated bottom of their class is still not a... Bad a doctor. doctor? Yeah, it's yeah. still a doctor. But I think average on you're going to get an average doctor for the most of the time. But the, the thing is, though, it is it is true. When people ask for your opinion, you're never going to tell them, well, don't go there. You're going to go, oh, they're the best. And you always think that your thing is what you go to is the best. Unless you've That's had a you truly bad experience with a doctor or, yeah. or some kind of medical professional. I mean, I yeah. don't, I'm not sure if I ever have, really. I got my back readjusted once and I've never been the same. Oh, they, they like cracked my neck. Now I've just got constant neck and back issues. Have you considered suing this doctor? <laughs> if you've got constant back and neck issues, Jesus Christ, man! It was just the chiropractor for our under six, under eighteens football team who was just. I was just laying on the table, and it was just. It turns out it was just like some guys, one of the players' uncles or something. He was just like a local who just liked to manipulate people. Yes, basically, he was like Doctor Death, and I'm just like I remember just laying. Oh. On the ta- I remember just like laying on the table, and he grabbed my neck. And he didn't like warn me. Didn't tell me anything. He just went and like cracked my neck. No, I thought I thought he'd killed me. I, I was I like freaked out for a moment. Holy and shit! And he's just, he just like, what are you scared for? He like, he like yelled at me and stuff. I was like, you just cracked my neck. And he goes, yeah, it doesn't do anything. It just cracks your neck. And like, he like yelled at me, and my neck's never been the same. What a fucking doucher. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. I know, right? Getting your neck cracked when you don't realize it's going to get cracked. Scared? Well, you like did the whole twist and everything. That's that's like henchman stuff, you know. That's. Yeah. Uh, like Jason Bourne stuff going up and snapping someone's neck. What no. are you worried about? It's just cracking your neck. It's not not cool. Yeah, I was, I was scared. <laughs> Understandable. The episode kicks off with Jerry getting worked on by Juliana. And she says, you know, sometimes I just eat a salad for lunch so I can have a big dinner. Just random banter. Yeah. Getting Seinfeld. Jerry asks, what's the worst part of being blind? And it's not being able to tell there's a bug in your food. As they discussed <laughs> earlier, it's just trying to 
keep the small talk going because when you're getting a massage, it's like do you? It's like when you get your hair cut. Do you want to talk or do you just want to let them do their yeah. job? Because I guess with a massage, as George points out later, you feel guilty for being pleasured. It's like I, I'm not worthy. You know, I need to. I need to earn my pleasure. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I mean, I've never been huge on getting massages, but when the lovely Louise and I went to Bali a couple of years ago, it's like. Let's get some massages while we're here because that's what you do in Bali. Did you get Raymond or did you get Juliana? Uh, I got Juliana. We all got juliana Okay. Um, and I was like, should I say something? No, like, no, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to say thank you very much at the, at the start. Thanks for doing this. Then at the end, hey, thanks for doing that because it was a pretty good massage. In between, no. No, just lie there and let the experience happen. <laughs> my mate was telling me you've got a massage at this place on Mercer Street here in Geelong about 12 months oh no about 3 years ago now and it was before the pandemic obviously <laughs> he said he went in there with his wife and they're like there's the one of the massages it was a Thai massage and he said, he's a pretty skinny guy this guy and he said the, the woman was like rubbing the back of his leg and he goes and then there was a moment and he sensed it where it was like it's like, it's like they get to the crossroad. It's like, is anything going to go? It's going to either end one way or it's going to end another way, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> and he said she sort of pressed a little bit harder, went up a little bit higher, and her words were, you have very nice legs, very smooth like lady. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, probably not the best pickup line, call me a lady, but, uh, but anyway. But he goes, and she started getting a bit higher and higher, and he goes, yeah, 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 um, yeah but probably just a little bit lower on the legs. And he goes, and you could sense... In the moment, she didn't push as hard anymore. She went uh, okay. a bit lower. It was like that was the point. It was like what, what your de- your decision it was like like a choose your own adventure. <laughs> it's very important what your next decision is. The next thing you say could determine whether you have a happy ending or not. <laughs> but um, but yes. Anyway, I haven't had a massage for a long, long time. I don't. I hate neck massages. I don't mind back massages and leg massages, but neck massages just they push in real deep in your neck. It's like oh, I don't like this. Yeah, a, a good friend of mine worked as a deep tissue therapist, Masseuse, massage, massage therapist. therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after seeing, I'd see her every once in a while because I, I pulled a muscle in my back sometime around 1996, and every once in a while it'll just get that twist in and be like, oh, God, life is just unpleasant thanks to this. So I have to go and get it sort of unkinked. Yeah. She would just get in there with the thumbs, occasionally even the elbow. It's like, Wow, I mean, you really felt it after it was after it was done, and for about four or five hours after you, you walk in and go, "Oh my god, I'm in pain," and then all of a sudden you was like, hmm, "Actually, feeling pretty good." Yeah, nice, like nice a, work, like a gym session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jerry here he brings up the the child being kidnapped. You know, I could be that guy. You know, the one that kidnapped the child tries to change the story, but um, Jerry just keeps making her feel uncomfortable. And this is what sets up basically Jerry's story for the entire episode. Yeah. That, uh, she no longer wants to be uh, his masseuse because he just makes her feel creepy and weird. I loved how all throughout this, maybe not all throughout this episode, but there's a whole lot of everyone's talking and not really listening to one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. see it uh, went in Jerry's apartment almost immediately after this. George's in the fridge doing his own thing. And everyone's sort of like half listening to one another, occasionally tuning into the conversation that's going on. It's like, oh, yeah, but mostly they're off in their own worlds. Well, it's very much Seinfeld to be focusing on themselves, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a very selfish yeah. show, but in a good yeah. way. <laughs> so, Jerry and Elaine and George now at Jerry's apartment just, just discussing the massage. And as I was saying earlier, uh, George, you know, he feels guilty and deserve the pleasure. And Jerry explains how he brought up the kidnapping story. And Elaine says, that was stupid. Yeah, I know it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's really stupid. I know. I just said it's stupid. <laughs> George is going through the, the fridge, finds the Chinese and doesn't like the, the ginger. Basically, just giving George something to do in this scene, just so he's there. Yeah. And so, and until the point where he overhears that it can be covered by insurance, the physical therapy. And George is very interested by this. Anything to save a quick buck. And Jerry says, my friend Roy, who's a dentist, can get you a certificate, and that way you can claim it on your insurance. So they go to the massage center, and Elaine is given Juliana, and George is given Raymond. Excuse me, did you say Raymond? Yes. But uh, Raymond is a man. That's right. I can't get a massage from a man. Why not? What, are you crazy? I can't have a man touching me. Switch with me. No, I don't want the man either. What's the difference? You're a woman. They're supposed to be touching you. He'd just be touching your back. He'd just be touching your back, too. 
now it could get sexual. I know. That's the point. If it's going to get sexual, it should get sexual with you. I wouldn't be comfortable. I would? What if something happens? What could happen? What if it felt good? It's supposed to feel good. I don't want it to feel good. Then why get the massage? Exactly. Then Raymond arrives, and I thought it was good directing here. It was a sh- it was shot in a way to make him look very imposing to George. George oh, sort yeah. of looking up at him, and Raymond's just this over, overpowering figure. H- hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks very concerned. He's then getting the massage, and Raymond gets right in there. He leans on the table, and he mentions how he, he used to be a flight attendant, and then he says, hey, "Drop your pants; it's going to be easier." <laughs> so many red flags for George. <laughs> for George, yes. The little things, though, like the guy that played Raymond, I'll get his name here because we should definitely mention him. The guy that played Raymond, his name was Jeff Lester. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated the little things like when he's getting off the table, he doesn't just get off the table, he slaps George on the leg as he's getting <laughs> off it. Come on, buddy, let's do this. It's, like, it's just making it feel more personal. Mm. <laughs> and, um, it, that just, which, just, which could be read any number of ways. I mean, from, yeah. from Raymond's point of view, it's like, okay, buddy, come on, let's get this massage done. You know, yeah. just... Nice convivial atmosphere. George is just reading all this touching. Yes. He doesn't want the hamstrings done now. But uh, Raymond's rubbing the lotion on his hands and immediately George starts feeling something. And he's he's just in his own world now. Korea. Hamstring. (laughs) Hotel. He just doesn't know what's going on. He walks out quietly. I wrote. I wrote. Yes. The masseuse is now booked out for Jerry. She does not want to have Jerry back after the kidnapping story. George arrives and he's all uncomfortable. He feels kind of weird and he won't get to the point. And finally we get the uh, the big moment. I think it moved. It's, it's classic Seinfeld, this. <laughs> What's with you? A, uh... Yes, a... A man gave me... Yes, a man gave you... A man gave me... A massage. So? So he had his hands and uh, he was... Uh, he was what? He, he was uh, touching and rubbing. That's a massage. And then I took my pants off. You took your pants off? For my hamstring. Oh. He got about uh, two inches from there. Really? I think it moved. Moved? It may have moved. I don't know. I'm sure it didn't move. It moved. It was imperceptible, but I, I felt it. Maybe he just wanted to change positions, you know. Shift to the other no, side. Oh no. It wasn't a shift. I've shifted. This was a move. Okay, so what if it moved? That's the sign. The test if a, if a man makes it move. That's not the test. Contact is the test. If it moves as a result of contact. Do you think it's contact? It has to be touched. That's what a gym teacher once told me. Yeah, the little guy's got a mind of its own sometimes. Yes, we got that. that that's the test. You know, if it moves on contact, that's when you got to be worried. That that's the test. I love how they've got all these arbitrary rules about you know. It's very very sci-fi, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What defines something or what doesn't? So yeah. How do you know, Jerry? I mean, you know, have you have you just sort of got this particular thing on hand? Or? Have you uh, questioned the masses, Jerry? <laughs> But he mentions here how the gym teacher it was the one that told him, which is a nice little gag there. <laughs> Kramer then arrives, and as you were saying, he saw Joe DiMaggio at Dinky Donuts. And uh, George is still in his own world, you know. So Kramer's gone on about Joe DiMaggio with Jerry, and George chimes in, even on airplanes, I get annoyed. Uh, I don't want to sit next to because their knees touch, or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stall man. <laughs> Kramer's like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, the store man's such a great little button on the end of that scene, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but Jerry uh, refuses to believe that Joe DiMaggio, of all people, would go to Dinky Donuts. It just doesn't happen. He doesn't have a lot of time for Dinky Donuts, it seems. Probably called it dingy or grimy or something. Or Yeah, yeah. But Jerry also now doesn't want to ask Roy for the certificates. He feels kind of bad. And Kramer then turns to question, store man, huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
We're now at Roy's office, and Jerry is, is, is clearly uncomfortable asking for the certificates, but George is trying to, he knows, he knows. He's, George just wants that, wants that free session. He doesn't want to have to pay for it. $75, <laughs> man. $75 is a lot of money. It does feel bad sort of asking people who are in that position to grant that kind of favour. Especially if you haven't seen them for a while and they know you're only there to get the freebie. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like buying drugs off someone, really. Holyfield. He's a good friend of one of my patients. He's got a hell of a body, doesn't he? How would I know? <laughs> you like it? What do you mean, like him? Do you like him? Well, I mean, he's a good fighter and a nice guy, but I don't like him. How come you don't like him? Why should I? What is the matter with you? Nothing. Why? You think something's wrong? Am I different? So you want the notes? You don't have to, really. No, no, it's okay. We should probably get one for Elaine, too, right, George? George. George clearly has a complex now, doesn't he? Oh, absolutely does. <laughs> Having said that, Evander Folliefield did look in shape, oh, I've got to say. He did, yeah. And I think you could admire that in a purely aesthetic way without it getting romantic or sexual. We then get George just staring at the poster. He's unsure if he likes it. He's just not too sure. And Jerry still can't get an appointment, though, with Juliana. She just does not want to have him back. He's, he's, I like how he's trying to budge Elaine over on the couch. And she gets really annoyed by this, but she doesn't, like, outwardly say it. She just gives him the look. <laughs> and Jerry just, you know, he just can't believe it. Elaine's annoyed. You scrunched me. I sat down first. You know, like, and that's true. She was sitting there first. And just yeah. the great look between the two of them of, like, Elaine just sort of gives him the eyes. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Kramer then comes in and says he saw DiMaggio again, and he dunks. And this was this is another classic, cl- classic scene of Seinfeld. Hey. <laughs> I saw DiMaggio in the donut shop again. Uh huh. Yeah. Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. You know, this time I went in and I sat down across from him and I really watched him. I studied his every move. For example, he dunks. Joe DiMaggio dunks his donut? That's right. See, now I know it's not him. Joe DiMaggio could not be a dunker. Oh, he's a dunker. Why couldn't he be a dunker? And nothing diverts his attention. Like I'm, uh, you know, like I'm sitting in there, you know, and uh, I start banging on the table, you know, to, uh, you know, so that he'll look up, you know, like I'm sitting there, you know, and I, you know. He wouldn't move. So then I started doing these yelping noises, like, (laughs) No reaction, because the guy is so focused, you see, he can just block out anything that's going on around him. See, that's how he played baseball. He dunks like he hits. So then what? Well, then the waitress, she comes up and she tells me to shut up and they're going to throw me out. Why don't you just call out his name? I love just adding little details every time. I feel like a part of this was like improvised by, by Michael Richards, just like the, ah, and the, the, the banging the desk, little, little things like that. Like, they would have written something here, but Kramer, yeah. like Michael Richards would have gone, what if I did this as well? Like, it feels like yeah. a very Michael Richards thing to, to bang on the, on the table. And yeah, kind of or the kind of noise that he makes. Like, or even the, the real sort of slam of banging the, on the table. It's like, bang. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, another actor major has gone, like just knocked a bit or whatever, but he just yeah. does the full flat hand slam. It's like, Hobbs for a moment, then bam. <laughs> and then the, ah! Yeah. <laughs> And as he says, he, he dunks like he hits. <laughs> the waitress then... Um, oh yeah, the, so what happened then? The waitress told me to shut up or get out. <laughs> George is now upset. He arrives and he's upset. The kids called him a Mary because he jumped over a puddle. Well, in a very sort of... Mary way. <laughs> Sissy Mary way, yes. Jumped over... He, he chased the kids and fall, he fell over and got dirty. Called a Mary. <laughs> I like Kramer here. You know, kids can be very perceptive and Elaine makes fun of him and just, just adding, it's, it's almost like they don't believe what they're saying. They're just trying to take the piss out of George they know how, how agitated he gets very easily. It's almost like they, they find, not joy, but they do enjoy just sort of you know, jabbing him a little bit, just poking him along. I think it takes away from the 
pain and misery of their everyday lives to yeah, just true. You know, direct that uh, somewhere else for a little while. And George is a pretty easy target. <laughs> Roy then calls and says that he's under investigation for insurance fraud. And, oh, I knew this was going to happen. Then Kramer starts singing the, the Joe DiMaggio song. Hmm. So we come back from commercial and they are arguing over the notes. You know, I knew this was going to happen. I shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have got three. And Len's like, what do you mean? What did you get three for? I got my own from my gynecologist. Here's the thing, though. If they got the three forms, what, yeah. they haven't offered it to Elaine by this point? Maybe they just haven't had a chance to see her. She was sitting there on the couch. Oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, oh. she got it from the gynecologist, so that, that was that's how they got caught, because she did, didn't need the extra form. Anyway, mm. just they, they overdid it, yeah, and that's how, that's how Roy got in trouble. Kramer interrupts him. How could you do that to your friend? <laughs> Taking the moral high ground. I love Kramer. He's just so good. But Kramer is a good friend, though. I feel like he, he wouldn't push it. I think friendship is very important to Kramer. To Kramer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think he views it as the one constant in a turbulent world. So yeah, he, did, of course, would sort of take umbrage at uh, you know, some form of betrayal or taking advantage or something like that. But yeah, just the volume. <laughs> I mean,. Cutting through the chit chit chit. How could you do that to your? Yeah. <laughs> Just storming out. <laughs> Jerry and George then go to see Roy and Pam, the uh, the the secretary. Or we call her secretary. I guess you call her secretary. The assistant. Yeah. yeah. She um she's not impressed. And Roy comes out and says, "You know, I've got a patient. She's she's under out back. Let's go talk." I thought Roy took it quite well. He never once gets angry at them. No, no. Look, I get the feeling Roy has probably been handing out um. These aren't the first ones. Handing out yeah. scripts like parking tickets. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess at this point, though, he did still think he had it under control. He's like, we're just going to get your, you know, you're going to get your uh, therapist to say it was for you. It was, it was, it was dental related. Yeah. Dental related. Yeah, yeah of course. But so, I, I did love how Pam was so invested in everything that they had going on there. It's like, I couldn't tell if like, well, if this place closes, then I'll lose my job. Or, you know, she's got a bit of a crush on Roy. And it's like, how could you take advantage of a good man like this? I mean... <laughs> I, I like that there are those little side branches that could mean something or could mean nothing. They aren't explored. They allow you to explore it in your own mind. Yeah. 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 Just, you get just enough detail that's like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> we get a very Seinfeld-esque conversation between George and Jerry here. They apologise. You know, it's tragic. Uh, it's not tragic. Unsettling. Settling? Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, don't know about unsettling. <laughs> that didn't strike me as the right way to go. But the whole thing about, oh, I've never been happy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in college? <laughs> Maybe in college, yeah. <laughs> Happy sometimes. Oh, yeah, college was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then she walks in. The whole practice is in jeopardy. And he's like, don't, don't worry about her. You know, I've, I've just met her, but I'm very impressed. <laughs> but, yeah, you're just, um, they're just trying to... That was, make, that was so good by Jason Alexander. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was just fantastic. He's just I've, fantastic in general. I've just, met, I've just met her, but I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very impressed. Uh, they need. He just needs to get the physical therapist to go along with the story. Um, so this is where Jerry goes to see Juliana, and I mean, it was a bit over the top when she says "Run, Billy" and that kind of thing. Mm. But it just felt Seinfeld, didn't it? Yeah. Run, Billy, <laughs> lock the door. And just assuming the worst about people. Yeah, and then Raymond arrives. Big smile on his face. Seems like a nice guy, Raymond. Don't yeah. you reckon? <laughs> so was it Jerry who sort of looked at? Her? Raymond? <laughs> George doesn't say anything. He's just like, yeah, you guessed it. We're now at Monk's and they mentioned how Roy got a six-month probation, which, you know, it's, it's an asterisk next to your name, but it's not a big deal. It, yeah. You'll be fine. I don't think he's being struck off the dentistry register. No. He'll be back drilling in no time. These His clients don't need to know about the, the probation. He's just no. going to be a good boy for six months. Yeah. George explains how men are starting to pop up in his sexual fantasies. This is a bit different. <laughs> they're, they're appearing, get out of here yeah they're appearing in the middle and they, they talk back <laughs> how you going George <laughs> but then they see the K-man at the window I like that they call him the K-man mm. it's the K-man and he comes in he says he's, he's a bit sick because he threw up from the gas at, at Roy's which puts and, everyone off their coffee yeah yeah then they see Joe DiMaggio in Monk's dipping coffee with his wrong dipping donut sorry uh, with his wrong hand his left hand he should be dunking in his right hand he should but be he's having but he's there, and I love... It's kind of like how I reacted when I saw Gary Ablett Sr., Jerry here, the Yankee Clipper, yeah. here. Like, it's like, oh, he's, he's like they, us. They walk among us. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's yeah. actually happening. Yep, I'll, nev- I'll never forget just walking down the uh, central aisle of Westfield Bay City, 
Joel Selwood passed me. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, it's Joel Selwood, captain yeah. of the Cats. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, I feel like with AFL players, though, I, mean, I was just a kid when I saw Gabe Lassini, but you see them and it's like, I look at it now and go, they're just players. I, I, inside, I'm just like, oh, that's cool. I've just seen the player, but I never go up to them because I'm just like, they would clearly just get bothered all the time. And oh, absolutely. I quite often see players when I'm going shopping here on, on uh, packing the street here at the Strand. Yeah. At the Strand. And, <laughs> yeah. Pardon me? I, I live with an English at person. List, the, at, at Le Strand? Uh, I live with an English person. It's funny, though, because <laughs> she'll say the Strand, but then she'll say Bath. When I say Bath. Well, is she talking about, yeah, because there's a city in England called Bath, and I think they pronounce it Bath over there. Well, yeah. she, she just says the bathroom, the bath, but then she'll, but then she'll say Strand. <laughs> I know we've talked about pronunciations many times. In the past. Strand, I think I don't think I can get behind. All due respect to the lovely Nicola, of course, but uh, it feels like Eng- even English people would say Strand. Oh, the Strand, la di da, Miss English lady. <laughs> France, I can get behind as opposed to France. France. Strand. She's, she says, she, but Nicola says France. She says France. Okay. But she says Strand. It's weird. No, as, we, as we said before, potato, potato. Yeah, exactly right. Although I don't know anyone who says potato. Or tomato. Eh, Americans say maybe tomato. Do they? Oh, tomato. Yeah. yeah, tomato. Yeah, maybe they it's, say potato. They're a hot tomato. Yeah, true. But George here talking about Joe. Now that is a handsome man. It's almost like he's embraced. It's okay now. I can, I can yeah. do this. And, that, and then they all look at him. He's like, oh, please shut up. And Kramer starts slapping the table. The, the best way to end the episode, him slapping the table. So yeah. perfect. <laughs> uh, we end up with some stand-up about homophobia. I wasn't overly sure on this. I think it's, I think it's an interesting idea, the whole thing that men have weak sales resistance, as Jerry puts yeah. it. It's like, mm, yeah, we probably could be <laughs> persuaded to take something out for a spin. But yeah, it's, it's just I think just the term the home the homosexual store. I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's just stand up. I mean, it's it's fine. it is. Let's, let's, I I'm not going to look back on a show that aired 30 years ago and go, oh my god, it doesn't relate now. I mean, it was yeah. 30 years ago, guys. It's it's probably is a reason. It's 30 years ago. <laughs> it is a huge mistake to yes judge something from yesterday by today's moral standards because mm. 30 years from now. They're probably going to be judging today's 100%. stuff by their moral standards, and they'll yep. probably look at us like, "Oh my God, those savages!" Yes. <laughs> so that was the note. A really fun way to kick off the season, uh, season three. I'm really excited now. We're in, we're getting into the golden era of Seinfeld. So yeah. thank you once again, guys, for everyone who has rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't yet done so, please do it. Just jump on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, leave a few kind words. The more people that rate and review us, the more chances we'll be promoted. And we'll boost up the rankings. Don't forget, if you want to get early access into the show, you can do so just by joining the Four Finger Discount family at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Uh, also, if you don't want to have to join the, the, the Patreon, if Patreon's not your thing, and you just want to show some support for the show, you can also just chuck us a donation uh, uh, via PayPal at fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. All donations will get a shout-out on the show. Just make sure you write Talking Seinfeld in your donation so we know why you are donating for this particular show. But by being a four-finger discount patron, you get access to a bunch of exclusives, and you also get to join our exclusive Facebook group where you get to banter with a guy and myself on a daily basis on Facebook. And early access to all the shows we do here on Four Finger Discount, The Simpsons Show, Friends, Seinfeld, South Park, all the shows we do, and a bunch of bonus podcasts as well. So, uh, yes, patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. This was the note. But before we head off, Mr. Davis, we've got a couple of questions that have come through to our Seinfeld mailbag, which is talkingseinfeld at gmail.com. Tell me more. So this first question here comes from Christine Powell. And she says, hey, guys, I really do love the show. It's really nice to hear two Australian perspectives on Seinfeld. As I didn't have many friends, as growing up in Australia, I didn't have many friends who also enjoyed watching the show with me. Which Seinfeld character would you choose first for your debate team? <laughs> um, I've got to go George because even he can convince himself that his lies are true. That's a very good point. Like, he com- he commits, man. <laughs> like J- J- Joe's a good talker, and Kramer is just he he can sort of convince you with his wackiness. He can be very intimidating with his physical presence, but I just feel George can just believe, make you believe anything because he just commits. He's just got that commitment to his to his lies. I do agree with you, but I would have to go with Kramer because I think he was so set on any point of view that he commits to that he will just push it on you in such a way that you go, 
Man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that dude is. Yeah, he clearly knows the score. So I, I think I probably have to go with Kramer. Okay, so I go George and you go Kramer. And this other question is from Jesse, just Jesse. Jesse says, with Seinfeld now on Netflix, do you think this will lead to more people giving the show a chance, or possibly just revisiting the show after a long time, and perhaps help establish a whole new generation of fans? I do. I would hope so. The thing of it is. I think a lot of shows that um, the younger generation are embracing are more sort of friendly shows, like Friends or The Office, uh, shows that are are funny, but also have a a really kind of warm, huggy kind of core to them. And Seinfeld, I don't know if really, yeah, very comfort food. Seinfeld is comfort TV for me. But it's not comforting, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're bad people. It's got the feel of the familiar, which is nice. And, you know, it's got yeah. lines and situations like, oh, that bit, that's great. And all that kind of stuff. But these aren't necessarily people. These are people who will amuse you by virtue of their flaws and their foibles and their bad behavior. And I think you know that there's a, a, a kind of caring in there between this core quartet, but at the same time, They'll also rag the absolute shit out of each other. <laughs> so I, I think also being on Netflix though, it just puts more eyeballs, puts in front of more eyeballs because everyone has Netflix, you know. Absolutely. And, and look, there's so many episodes. Look, there are times when you'll just put something on and let it run. Yeah. And there are so many Seinfeld episodes that, that that may well happen. I certainly hope so. This is a show that deserves to be rediscovered by a new generation, particularly yeah. one that um, don't like that kind of show, but likes Curb instead. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen this kid's face. Oh, it was the best. Oh, man. <laughs> so, thank you once again, guys. Hope you are enjoying Talking Seinfeld. Don't forget, if you have a, if you want to write into us, it's talkingseinfeld at gmail.com. You can send in a question or just a few kind words, and we'll read out all messages that get sent through on the show. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing the episode titled The Truth. Ooh. So I'm looking forward to that one. Episode two of season three. We're entering the golden era here, not just for Seinfeld, but Talking Seinfeld as a podcast as a whole. <laughs> Thank you once again for everyone who has tuned into all the episodes we've done in the past. And we hope you stick around for the next 150-ish plus episodes of Seinfeld. It's going to be a hell of a good time. Absolutely. So for now, Mr. Davis, that's enough of the note. I am Dando. Any final words for those amazing listeners out there? Oh, not too much. I'm just about to go get Duncan at Dinky Donuts. 